Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Footballers. This week we have a little special with Wise FIFA and I. We're going to be going over the Foot Club Reset. And what this is is basically a special about... You know, team of the year often is a big club reset wise, and a lot of people go liquid to do packs, to do upgrade packs, cycle the club, just rinse everything. And oftentimes we're left with less than we went in with at this point. And we're going to try to help you get your club back on track if you are mudded, as they say. Wise, thanks for joining me this week. And tell us a little bit about what you've been doing last week. Yeah. No, always, uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I agree. I mean, by no means, I think we should set out on the onset of this. Do what you need to do to have fun with the game. So if that involves going in all in for SBCs, maybe all in for packs that you've done, I think that that's a great use of time during the team of the year. But to Punter's point, after this, it's like, okay, how are we going to stay engaged? How do I make sure maybe I don't overdo it so that after this big promo that yay hypes up the community hypes up this team of the year that, you know, you still, we still have six months before, or maybe not six, but five months until team of the season. And how do you stay engaged and not lose its luster? So I think we have a, a couple great tips, whether it be gameplay, market, maybe even SBCs or objectives that can, uh, that can help people stay involved going forward. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. You mentioned SBCs. We got a new Mane SBC today. And, you know, talking with you before we started, seems like you were a bit disappointed with it. Yeah, I I am partial to Liverpool. So this flashback Mane, you know, definitely something I was looking forward to as it was rumored to have. I wish they would have given it a maybe one more rating. It's a 93 now, which when you look at its stats are plus one on the one to watch. And since that one to watch is tradable, you know, the market guys like myself, Paul, even anybody that's responsible with their coins is like, uh, do I really want to sink? And this is coming in right now around 570 thousand coins at time of recording. Do I really want to sink that much into a player that only has plus one on a bunch of its tradables? If it was plus two, maybe. I don't think that has anything crazy in terms of trait or skill upgrades. No, it doesn't. So... If you have the fodder and you like Mane or you like to run a Bundesliga team, 
I think you should do it. But if this is something that you have to start from scratch or you're like, maybe do I do Mane or team of the year, San- the team of the year icon Sanchez or any of the team of the year icons coming out? Yeah, I don't know. Is this someone that you're thinking about putting in the club Hunter? No, but you know, I don't have a Bundesliga team, but if I did need a left winger, um, I would definitely do it because here lately I've been doing a lot of uh, uh, foot draft online okay. and Honestly, I'm starting to really just throw chemistry completely out of the window because I've just drafted the best players that were available in each round. And I find myself going to the finals each and every time I play and draft this way. And I don't feel the gameplay is impacted by chemistry per se. You know, what the gameplay is impacted by, you know, who you connect to, it feels like. But that's completely irrelevant to squad building. That's just the name of the game. But if you've got, let's say, you know, a lot of people have packs saved up though, right? Mm-hmm. So you might have tons and tons of duplicate fodder and you need to put it into something. This would be a card that would give you some longevity at left wing for, I mean, at least a month or two, I would say at least a month. But I mean, I'm still using Di Maria at left wing and he's still viable. So surely Mane is going to be viable, I would think, right? I think he's absolutely going to be a competitive player at the onset of foot i used his uh led this year i used his gold card and he's absolute beast uh, i mean the, he's got everything you want in a player i think whether it be competitive or just even if you're trying to pub stomp people in rivals he has all the things you need but you mentioned that Di maria and there's like okay well if we have other if we have other sbcs available like Di maria's you know teammate pogba could you see yourself maybe doing that instead and i and i think mm. we we like we got this team of the year Pug, but we might have talked about him a little bit last week, but I mean, do you do someone like that instead? I think that's a, that's an interesting topic. Yeah. I think you definitely would want, you'd lean toward Pogba, right? I mean, one, he's a, he's a foot favorite. He's what, six, three, he can do it yeah. all. He's got five-star mm-hmm. skills. Uh, I feel like Pogba is going to link better with other leagues, other nations. So if chemistry is important to you, then maybe you should lean towards Pogba. And this, again, this is a card that's going to be box to box. You could even play him at CDM. You can play him at cam center forward. Hell, you could probably play him at striker if you really wanted to in game and he would still be great. But I feel like, you know, if you've got duplicate fodder, mm-hmm. put it into things that are going to be useful to your club instead of just yeah. gambling with them, right? Totally. No, right. I, I have, oh man. And this sure is the conservative market person in me going back in the days of being like, okay, well, you have to walk a fine line between spending the coins that you've worked hard to earn, but then also not wasting them because of that topic of like opportunity cost, what might be coming down the line. And if you wait for what's coming down the line for forever, you're never going to have fun. But, but I still cringe when my friends are like, Hey, we got these 88 plus icon SBCs. Are you doing them? Hunter, have you fallen mm. victim to the, the foot casino? No, I did recently? not. Yeah. I have like, not stepped foot in the FIFA casino this week. And I'm very proud of myself for that. Well, I say that I, I did dabble a bit, in the foot casino. I, I did put on some FIFA points and buy that 3000 FIFA point pack that included oh, okay. the, the hero. And I got base camp posts out of that one. So that was a, a, a massive L. <laughs> that is the, but you know, so <laughs> like it literally can't get any worse. It can't. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. So yeah, that was an L, but you know, it is what it is. I took the rest of the FIFA points that I loaded yeah. up and that's, I used them in draft, got to try a whole bunch of new players. We're going to talk about the rest of the team of the week with, with Matt and Paul, but I will say that I used Bellingham and KDB, also Virgil van Dyke. Oh, man. Absolute ballers. Like, next level players, like we expected them to be. 
I haven't tried any team of the years yet. I I had a buddy that uh, buddy that packed Van Dyke. He's another big Liverpool fan, so that was that was huge for him. And I was gonna. I mean, sometimes you know, it's like, okay, are these team of the year players worth it? Uh, you're saying this year, you've you felt it. Oh yeah, absolutely. At this point in the game, they are they are next level for sure. But I will say though, there's there's certain certain aspects of to this game that you know, like Virgil Van Dyke would still get done by, you know, I saw team of the year Mbappe several times in draft okay. and Messi and Messi's quickness is just unmatchable. You cannot, you cannot shadow Messi. You can only, you know, contain and predict you have to give him some kind of space and that's what makes him so dangerous. But the Rob just pace of Mbappe, Virgil van Dijk couldn't hold up. It just couldn't do it. You know, where he does excel is he's big, he's powerful. He can get in the way. If you can predict where he's going to go, just put the body in front of him and the card does the rest. Basically auto tackles. But you know, we got a whole bunch of other cards too. Wise this week, we got all of these uh, team of the year honorable mentions that came out, as well as these team of the year icons. Do, have you looked at any of the team of the year icons? So team of the year icons, I, I've really been debating. Uh, I've heard good things uh, on social media channels, buddies of that team of the year, Sanchez. I mean, as two American homies, I feel like a lot of the people we play with are, you know, maybe Mexican Americans, just friends that that are in that space. So they've they've tried out that team of the year, Sanchez. Some Mexican Americans, some Mexicans. Right, true, exactly. And so it's nice to have a North America version of the podcast. We can really <laughs> delve deep dive on these boys, but uh, no, I. Uh, he plays different than some of the other versions of of icons I've seen. So uh, I'd be all for people trying out some of these team of the year icons. I think I'm going to try to get the Pierlo, but I've been saving for the rumored team of the year icon, Xabi Alonso, that's coming out. He's like one of my favorite mm. players of all time. And so I'm going to, uh, it's apparently going to be an SBC. Hopefully it happens. And, uh, Maybe to maybe Saturday is if we're recording this on a Friday, but uh, I'm looking forward to him for sure. Yeah, I feel like you know I've heard a lot of good things about Team of the Year uh, Pirlo, but I feel like this is like their their redo for those all those unusable icons. I feel like they made them usable to some degree at this point, and they're relatively cheap. A lot of these, you know, they're mm-hmm. pretty obtainable for being what they are, and they're great for chemistry and squad building and whatever else you might be into. But one card that I think is flying under the radar due to his links is gareth bale oh yes we definitely need to talk on him (laughs) yeah so i got a lot of good reports on this card i heard he's amazing some people said in game i'm not quite on the in game train yet but it looks like a fantastic card for the price i don't know i mean i guess he's good if you have a really good squad and you're a hardcore player maybe put him on the bench if you got you know the, the 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 facilities to do that but he looks like a really good card to just bring on late uh, change of pace. If you need a, somebody up top, that's just going to bury it. You know, free kick specialist. That's him. You know. Yeah. No, I uh, shameless plug for this though. But I, something that's been getting me back into the FIFA community or just FIFA content in general, besides the footballers podcast, I've been doing these like exotic nation teams, where I've been building squads with with teams of nations that aren't you know the big nine. And Wales was one of the mm. ones I just did recently. Sadly, I had done that right before this end of the era. Bale came out, but his 91, the orange card, the foot phenom, I believe that's what it was, or storyline, whatever one of that is. It was, mm-hmm. it, it was very good. Uh, and it was, you could tell it could be competitive on the likes of a high end upper echelon weekend league side. I agree with you. This card, sure, it's a little difficult to link into your team, but absolutely throw him on the bench. He'll come in handy when we have these MLS objectives in the future. 
you know, you need to score with play, and uh, especially for team of the season around that time of the year. I think we're going to see people being like, oh man, I really should have done this Gareth Bale. Don't be that person. Yeah. And you know, the, one of the few differences I saw between the updated Bale and that uh, World Cup Bale that you mentioned is he got a high attacking work rate on his latest one, which mm. is big in an attacker, in my opinion. Now, a lot of, there's a lot of debate on work rates and we'll get into that in a little bit, but Gareth Bale, the, the, the SBC that's out now, he's got high attacking work rates. They really bumped his jumping and even his defending got a yeah, big bump. Defending. And I know that yeah. was probably to give the overall card a boost, but that may help you win back a few more rebounds, you know? So some of these attackers with, you know, high aggression and decent defending, you know, like historically, Jamie Vardy is one of those cards that just always seems to come away with the ball when yeah. it's a 50-50 in the final third. So he might be that guy for you as well. We didn't mention Ramos. We got to mention Ramos. <laughs> We can't not mention Sergio. Yes, we. I what was it last week? We talked about how EA's got to stop cycling through through uh, the same players over and over. That being said, yeah, he's got that high attacking work rate, like you pointed out. I did Sergio Ramos, and okay. he's in the main team. Okay, Uh-oh. he's not. Uh oh, he's good. Don't get me wrong; he's great, and I know a lot of pros love him too. He's very quick, very strong, very athletic. He goes forward well if you send him forward, like you know the L one bumper. Mm-hmm. But if you get caught too high up, he's going to get beat because he just lacks that top end speed. Okay, you know, he's just, very quick, what, but he's right. not fast. If that makes sense. No, that's no, no. He does have because that split on his pace is that ninety acceleration, but that seventy seven mm. sprint speed. And this day and age, I was going to mention this with the bail kind of. Everybody's playing. Not everybody. You see a lot of t- custom tactics nowadays where the line, like the depth, is like eighty. It's high, right? So you're playing that high line, and it makes sense. You know, we we want foot to be fast and feel arcadey. So yeah, I, I, he'd be ex- Sergio Ramos would be an excellent if you like to drop back and you're a rat. I feel like he'd be so good around the top of the box if you let him just chill there. But yeah. I'm with you. That's not how I play, and so that would be a that'd be a big concern with only a 77 sprint speed, even though he's lengthy. And you know, historically, with him having an attacking work rate, a high attacking work rate, he does drift forward quite a bit. And I'm not saying he drifts forward into the final third, but he he plays well beyond the, the halfway line. And with that lack of top end speed on this particular card, I think it really stands out as this. Like before we started recording, I was playing a rivals game, and the guy had prime prime Eto and prime R9 up top in a four four two, and I went down 0-3 quickly, and it was just pure pace. He just blew right by him. You know, you try to put a body on R9. He's going right past him, you know, and it's three times they did it quick succession, dropped my pick, dropped my depth from 71 to 44, went a little bit more narrow, never had an issue, came back, we won 6-3. There we go, there we go. Small tactical adjustment. You just have to understand who you're playing against, their play style. And if you go down quick, don't just give up. Keep fighting, (laughs) try something else. This is where you learn. This is how you become a better player. Uh, anybody out there if you ever come up against hunter in uh rivals weekend league don't you do it after 3-0 just just pause the game he'll uh he'll absolutely quit <laughs> that's hunter's favorite thing just pause the game that's his mindset that's his mentality <laughs> god i hate it when they pause for me even if i was about to quit if they pause for me i'm not gonna quit yeah no nope. i will fucking make it as miserable as possible for you yeah let um, me quit on my own terms please i know oh man fuck you for that wise yeah i know I, I'm, I'm guilty of of be going up 3-0 against someone and i'll hit i'll hit the pause button it's like i got I, my time is valuable but at the same time I, ever since you said that i've was that a couple of years ago it's always been in the back of my head it, it makes sense it makes sense let's move on to squad building we touched on work rates earlier 
I feel like for attackers, and if Mets was here, he might disagree slightly because of his play style. I think Mets doesn't prefer a high attacking work rate on, let's say, a lone striker or center forward. He prefers okay. that person to kind of float around and, and just roam around the box. Like he calls it a box predator. So he calls it what, like a medium? So he prefers a medium medium? I, I would think so if I had to guess. But, okay. uh, you know, I, I, need, I need players to move. I want players that are going to be active. I like to play quick passing, not spamming through balls, but just kind of a tiki-taka back and forth, try to stretch you out and cut you back in the middle. But high attacking work rate players are going to do that for you. Now, once you get into the midfield, I feel like, you know, there's a misconception on work rates and I, I want to get your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people prefer high, high on box to box CMs. And I understand why they would. Yep. But I also find that if you don't have the right defending stats and you have a high defending work rate, you can often become caught out of position because you're overly aggressive and you don't have the facilities to come back and make up for it. You know, if you've got the pace and the defending awareness and the, the agility yeah. to do those things, fine. But if your defending stats are, let's say, 55 and you're drifting upfield, missing tackles left and right, you're not doing anything for me. No, I, I think that's spot on. What people often forget is like, OK, well, at the, by the time team of the season, so we're, I know we're in team of the year, but by the time team of the season six months from now rolls around, those players get the big boosts across the board, whether it be the defense, physical, dribbling. So you are, at that point, it's all about okay, what's the next level of stuff? And it's finding that high, high. I, I agree. I, we're not there yet. And so I, at, when, when the game starts and then when we're here in the middle of the game cycle, I think people put a little bit too much credence on the high, high. Couple that with the fact that not everybody has the stamina to do those effectively. You do see a Correct. big, you see a big drop off. And if you're, if you're a type of person that's like, oh man, my team is so responsive in the first half. And then my team's so responsive mm. up until like the 60th minute. And then right around that 60 minute, you're like, oh man, scripting's kicking in. I'm up 3-1. You know, DDA's coming against me. You hear it all the time. Yeah. Like, it's like, well, it also might just be because you're trying to run a constant. I know you're, uh, there's of course the setting constant pressure, but also if you're, even after with possession loss and you have these high, high boys, that's going to come into play and you're going to feel a little bit more sluggish by the time mm-hmm. this last, you know, quarter, an hour. 20 minutes of game time rolls around, you'll, you'll start to notice it. So maybe just keep that in mind as you move forward with your game plans. Yeah. Another thing too, is if you're, like you said, if you're feeling like your team is gassed sooner than they should be based on their stamina, you know, their fitness levels, what I like to do is look at the end of the game, you can go to your, each player's performance and you can see distance sprinted versus, you know, the team average versus your opponent's average and kind of balance those things out and see where did you lose possession the most? And does it correlate anything with the player who's the most tired, right? So therefore, you you can kind of tweak your game plan based on what you see consistently from your data, right? And it's going to vary depending on your opponent and formation, but a a lot of it's going to be consistent with the player itself, I feel like, as far as his fitness levels. One way to combat that is to go to conservative interceptions. He's going to be in position more often, but you're not going to win those those 50-50 balls higher up the pitch. So it's kind of a give and a take. But if you've got a two-goal lead, you're trying to see it out, go to a setup with conservative interceptions. I do it all the time with my center backs, and it's, it's pretty good as, you know, as long as the gameplay is responsive. Is that something that you look at doing, Wes? I, uh, I've never done the conservative interceptions. I've always been scared to tinker with that personally. I, I haven't put the time, the time in, if you will, but I, that's something I'd consider going forward. I, 
I could see it being effective on the center backs. You're like, oh man, why, why am, mm-hmm. why is my guy trying to jump in front of an attacker when I, all I want him to do is stay in between him and the goal? Midfield yeah. wise, that could be like what people often shift. What's considered a defensive formation? The four-two-three-one with the will with like the two center backs that or not center backs, two CDMs that are sitting back there. Uh, I wouldn't eighty-five back formation, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. So I just. I don't think it's as much of a, for me, when I look at that, it's like, okay, do I need to take someone off or do I need to change how I'm attacking? I, I loved your point you brought up about where am I losing the ball? Am I losing it in the mid? When I'm, when I'm getting towards the end of the game, I'm really starting to think about, okay, yeah, I'm making these attacks count, but at the same time, I'm not rushing something through the midfield over the top where my players had just defended. Now they're sprinting forward. I try to lob a through ball in. Oh, shoot their center back heads it back right across the middle and my midfield's caught out and now they can slice me up. So I haven't, no, I haven't necessarily tinkered with the individual tactics. I just try to tinker with my game plan, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the original point of this discussion was, was work rate. So right, right, right. if something isn't working for you and you, you know, you notice that this player just isn't working out, either try a different setup, try a different tactic, or just try a different player. Don't become committed to one single player. If you do a player as an SBC and he's not what you thought he would be, put him on the bench, use him as a sub, try something else. Don't try to force it. You cannot fit a square peg in a round hole in this game. It will not work, especially if it doesn't fit your style. Just because it works for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for you, right? Yeah, a- absolutely. I feel like that's one of the biggest burnout aspects of like, okay, I'm really excited to play with this Javi Alonso, like more than I could articulate. But at the same time, it's like, all right, it's a, he's going to play what my CDM, my center, a center mid role. If he doesn't fit yeah. with the meta, he doesn't fit. Okay. Maybe that just means he's one of my like Kings in the objectives. You know, my, my friendly, there are ways to find a, to, to your point, to where find that peg and the hole that fits rather than all right, don't try to stick it into competitions where your high-end rivals, your weekend league matches, you're going to get burned out. And then you're going to be disappointed with FIFA as a whole. So just <laughs> biggest way to avoid that feeling is preemptively, is to yeah. preempt that. Yeah, and then, like, you know, think about it. it. There's a good chance that that team of the year, Javi Alonso, could suck. I mean, let's be honest. This <laughs> yeah. prime has 70 pace. That ain't going to cut it at this no, point in right. the game. I don't care what his other stats say. If he's a midfielder, you need more than 70, unless he's just a monster CDM, and that's not Javi Alonso. Right. Well, I, I uh, fingers fingers are crossed right now that he has 80. If he gets around 80, I'll be fine. You know, that classic classic foot <laughs> classic foot player. It's yeah. like us, 79 pace, ass on the bench, yeah. 80 pace. Oh, best card ever. Oh. Put him in. Yeah, yep. it's game changer, man. Yeah. Seven to eight. Yeah, I love that. Every, every point yeah. matters. Yeah, size matters. Wise size. I think we had that conversation last week too. Oh man. <laughs> Off topic. Do you remember yeah. like FIFA thirteen and fourteen? That uh, player from Chelsea, Ramirez, the CDM. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. used him for the mm-hmm. entirety of the game. He had eighty-one pace, I believe it was, and like he was just the ultimate CDM. It was, yeah, it was yeah. amazing. Eighty-one pace. No, Chelsea's held that held those reins for a while because as soon as he left, you guys got Conte. And so then it was just that it was that 81 Conte and what was that FIFA 16, mm-hmm. 17, whatever that was. And yeah. yeah. That's a player. Conte's been ruling the roost. Oh, man. You were talking about foot drafts earlier, which I think is an excellent way for people to stay engaged right now. Like if you're in the air about what type of player you want in your team, do a foot draft. Do a foot draft. Yeah. It forces you to try different formations, forces you to try different players, and then that could better inform you with the SBCs and objectives. 
don't be overwhelmed by the content we're getting. It's excellent. Play a foot draft. Be like, oh man, I was using maybe this version of Mathaus, who's really good. Maybe let's find a player that's like Mathaus. Or, oh man, I was using Vieira. I'm not as defensive with my homies, but that Pogba is the same size, similar build. He might be more my cup of tea. So I, I do love drafts, if you will. Um, the point I was making here is to to keep it to keep it fresh. If you're if you're gonna do a foot draft, they're very expensive in, in coins, you know, terms of coinage. But 300 FIFA points, if you're a good FIFA player, that can go quite a while. I mean, 300 FIFA points to play four games and win decent rewards. I'm not advocating for it whatsoever, but if you have the money and or the coins. It's not a bad way to do it. It's better than just throwing it into a gamble SBC and getting dog shit for it. I feel like mm-hmm. you get a better feel for the game. And please, God, don't don't do a draft and select players that are in your main team. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. You have to the whole point is to try new players, try new formations, things you're not comfortable with. That's what I like about draft. They can't change formations. Neither can I. It's can I make this work? Beshers, can he make his work? It's just try new things. Yeah, and they've done a lot with they they have done a lot with foot draft token packs, if you will. So hopefully over the course of time, you've been able to accumulate at least two, three, four. And to Hunter's point, what I've seen even with the rewards is sure I would love for them to overhaul foot draft rewards. That's a comment for another day. They need to do something that gets people more engaged there. But even yeah, if you lose, right, it's not good enough. But even if you lose first round. They still sometimes give you a foot draft token pack. So it's not the often. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're not out of it completely. So don't don't let that deter you from the price perspective. But it's a it is a great way to to really just keep foot fresh at the moment, which then in turn, I, I'd highly recommend something that usually keeps me engaged right now. What I at first I saw those team of the year, the first batch of team of the year nominees they had as objectives like the Doan, the Onawi, the Moroccan guy as well, uh, and Emiliano Martinez. Do those objectives. like th- Those objectives that force you to spice up your foot side are what keeps the game interesting. If you're a sellout for you know de- elite rivals or weekend league, that's your choice. You've done that. But if you're anything below division four in rivals, you can easily get away with making your team accommodate these objectives without having to do squad battles. Like you can do these in rivals and not squad battles. And it, it makes the game fun. It gives you a little extra edge, gives you a little extra something different rather than, Oh man, you know, this is the 150th time I'm playing with my BPL sweat squad. Like, Oh man, which again can be fun. But if you're looking for something to change the pace, yeah, do, do the objectives, do, do these other little things that force you to play in friendlies and whatnot gives it a different flavor to, to this game that I feel like people often neglect because they just think that it has to be competitive. Yeah. So last thing before we wrap up, well, we're going to talk about Halland in a second. We have to, yeah. but before we get to that, so let's say I've rinsed my entire club wise. I didn't get a team of the year. Hell, I didn't even get a team of the year nominee. Uh, club is mudded as they say. What do you suggest going forward? Do you suggest consolidating your club and having one or two ballers and having average players around them? Or do you spread the wealth amongst the team? That's a good, that's a good question. It's, I think it depends on what type, what type of adventure you want to have at the second half of the year. 
you know, how committed are you to be uh, to play? Do you want those two ballers, like you said, and then kind of doing a road to glory where, okay, every weekend you, you're upgrading two or three people at the position because you've been playing rivals and weekendly rewards. You get the, you get your, you get your packs and you go through and coins and go through that way. Or are you someone that's like, hmm, I want to be competitive consistently. And if that's the case, there are plenty of bargains that you can find from all of the popular leagues at the moment. A lot of players have depressed in value because people have sold off. There's this, I'm talking kind of like a middle ground here, if you will, because there's the elite players that are going to stay high because they're expensive. And then there's the players, just your regular standard golds that have dropped in value because they're getting packed a lot. But this middle ground of kind of previous promo players that aren't too far removed from the power curve, the likes of your foot, like your World Cup team of the tournament players, even some of these honorable mentions that are going to get packed a lot. You can find some really great value in the big five leagues that can keep you going forward. Like Fakir, for example. Um, let, let's, let me just uh, open Great up. example. Right, this Fakir, 88 Fakir. Right now, he's only been in packs for a day. He's 110K. He's probably going to drop closer to maybe 80-ish. I don't know what. But that's a competitive card in a great league that you can have service, be a loyal servant of the club for you know months, I'd say. So uh, it's, all about, it's all about perspective. That's what I. That's what I would. I would keep in mind when you're building these teams. I was going to ask if you were going to do anything from a market perspective of like, okay, do you see areas for any fodder investments personally for you? I, as someone that does SBCs, I got a couple of thoughts, but I'd love to hear someone else before I go on my tangent. So it, we really have to wait and see. Like I'm, I'm watching the market right now, and it does seem like it's starting to go in the direction that I thought it would go. But you know, I, I feel like once the full team of the years impacts. That's when everybody's going to open the mm-hmm. bulk of their packs. It only makes sense, right? Yeah. So I figured there's just going to be too much supply to meet the demand, especially on the fodder side. I feel like there's going to be an overload of fodder. So I feel like that is where you should be investing, particularly around content every day or you know, lightning rounds, uh, sniping or mass bidding on particular cards. You know, Like I always like to do, stick to two or three 86s, two or three 85s, yeah. two or three 88s track the prices. And if you're a supporter, I update the fodder range prices, I don't know, weekly, sometimes twice a week based on the market movement. But, you know, I prefer to trade frequency. And like I said, take yeah, 1200 to 1500, maybe 2000 per flip. But other people are doing just as good, you know, doing it slower, but mm-hmm. taking bigger profits, you know, especially with like 89s and 90s. That's really popular right now. But right. what I've been focusing on every week is just an easy, thoughtless way to trade is just looking at the 85 informs from each team of the week, buying them during that week, loading up, and once they go out of packs, flipping them for an easy 3 or 4K a piece. I mean, that is a super easy, passive way to make coins. No, you are, you're spot on. The likes of, in this team of the week alone, I mean, sure, there's you have to keep in mind that this team of the week is going to have an excess supply compared to others, but you're looking mm-hmm. at 85 informs right now that are 12K, you know, Pedro Poro, Zombo and Giza, uh, yeah. great buys. Lucas Torreira. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Especially you, when you're, when you're investing for fodder, you want to also make sure that you're, you're looking at players. You're like, okay, could they maybe be serviceable for something? Like people will play with Torreya if we get a, as if we get a Liga or a super league objective. So not bad at all. Yeah. Um, and then even 86 informs are, are cheap like that right now, down around that 15, 16 round. So those that I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly about investing for, for fodder. I would maybe wait until, you know, whenever you're listening to this, hopefully you haven't lost, but the lost this time window here, but 
you know, your Saturday, your Sunday, and even and possibly even your Monday if people are waiting to open their foot champs rewards. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yep. You know, not to mention 84 informs right now, you can probably get them close to discard. And an 84 inform at discard, that's that's guaranteed money. You will not lose any coins on that. It's not possible unless you just quick sold it, which was, you know, it's suicide. But totally. Hold on to them. Just, you know, grab 20 of them, stash them in the club, you know, or, you know, grab informs of 84 from all the other team of the weeks. If they're that low, stash them in the club, couple dupes, list them up for lazies and they'll buy them. Um, especially with all the content we're going to be getting the gamble SBCs, you know, we're good for at least one or two a week. Oh yeah. You, if you, if you don't think EA is going to be coming for your clubs after, after this, even because you're like, Oh no, they'll give us a respite. (laughs) No way. This is a a well-oiled profit machine. They know how to get you guys and us, not just you guys, because I'm a victim too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we know what they're doing and we still do it. (laughs) Yeah. So Uh Yeah. So let's talk about Highland real quick before we go. I I touched last week and I said that we weren't ready for team of the year Highland. And I mean, I I knew he was going to be good, but that's good, bro. (laughs) And he's not that expensive. He's not that expensive right now, (laughs) which, which this is high risk. He's already under five mil. Yeah. This is a high risk method. He's also, he'll be a limited release, right? Cause he just got released today. So he hasn't been in packs as long as the rest of the team of the team of the year. I Correct. That you see this with some of those mini releases and promos, they are more expensive than the uh, the rest of the team. So even the fact that this card is already five mil, I I think that there's there's room. His price range is only five point seven. I wonder. It'd be interesting to see if he if he hits over that. Why Why though? Why might he do that, Hunter? I'll let you I'll let you unpack a couple of the stats that you that jump out to you. Why might he go over where he's at now? Yeah, like why range? Why Yeah, exactly. Or why are we even just so excited about him? Well, if you can compare his last card to this one or any of his cards to this one, he's four star, four star. That's huge. Right. So big. So big. Like. Going from three star, three star to four star, four star on a card of this caliber, I think he's massively undervalued as, as far as to what that brings to the table. He's going to be able to move so much better in the final third. He's going to be able to do just simple croquettas to get around you. He's going to be able to turn better. Everything is going to flow better with this card, not to mention the just massive stat increases. I mean, they gave him plus 11 defending, which I know that's that's just to boost the card, but that's going to matter in the final third, man. Yeah, it's you know, winning the ball back. He's a big body. Totally. Yeah, they had to juice up because what it's they raised his heading accuracy from low 80s to high 90s. So that's a big boost. But even then, they've given him they've given him like relatively, dare I say, serviceable defensive awareness for a, and standing tackle for a attacking player, 54 and 65, respectively. Like that's that's not bad at all. You when could shove sh- him at CM if you really wanted to. Yeah. Throw he would occupy a large space. Yeah, if you want to get his 99 acceleration, throw shadow on him, and he then and he still keeps his lengthy. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Hunter. I agree. My biggest, I was never afraid of of Holland, or I shouldn't say never. At the beginning, absolutely afraid of Holland. But recently, in weekend league objectives, rivals, when you see Holland, not too scared because what do you do? Put him on his right foot. He can't do shit. Let alone, and then yeah. uh, we had discussed this earlier. His passing ability, especially off that right foot, was ass. But that four-star upgrade plus short passing now at 91 and putting mm. you can slap catalyst on him because his shooting doesn't need he doesn't need anything shooting wise. Catalyst yeah. on him now, and he's that's it's a, it's a scary card. I, I I will be afraid of this card going forward too. 88 stamina as well. If you put a powerhouse on him, he's an 89 rated CM. <laughs> if that tells you anything. So wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a chance he could be could you know get cheaper and cheaper. Like right now, as mm-hmm. of Friday at 1 p.m. Central Time U.S., he's 4.8 million. I just feel like this card is going to just take this game by storm. I, I don't think people realize how incredibly better this card is than any of his other versions, and he's not going to be outdone for quite a while. I feel like. Totally. I, I I think it only takes one or two pros to be like, oh man, I really, why do I yep. love, why do, why do we love R9 as much as we do? You know, we love fat Ronaldo because he's thick, man, that, that fat Ronaldo. Well, <laughs> Holland is thicker and faster. It's, it doesn't get, it doesn't get any better. Sure. Five-star weak foot is really important, but even then a 20% dip into a four-star mm, uh, for a BPL link too. Mm, mm. I think, I think he could turn some heads for, for sure. I might have to take one for the team and try it. You do. You you might have to. I if only I was back in the days. Do I have it like that? We don't got it like that. So maybe I need to take some of my own trading advice, some of your trading advice. And, and oh, don't get episodes. me wrong. It's going to be Holland surrounded by common golds. So, yeah, yeah. Well, Wait, hey, those are expensive. We'll those are expensive right now, though. Don't get it twisted because of the league upgrades. No, oh, no, that's another good. That's a great way to to, to trade as well. You know, taking mm-hmm. just teeny tiny profits on gold. You know, you can just go in there and mass bid on gold commons for you know 400 500 maybe get some at some point when the market's a little slower and just yeah. flip them for 750 800 whatever yeah i mean the, the time of recording that we are doing and this is north american time you know this new central like central standard american time noon to 2 p.m which is the 6 to 8 p.m uk time is a perfect time for the open bids if especially when people are throwing themselves at packs right now you're you're spot on people are going to want to do they're going to open all their packs be like oh man i didn't get my team of the season a team of the year you know what i have to do now i gotta do the upgrades to do more and so they'll do they'll they'll put their coins into buying players so you have this beautiful window for two to three hours and then you can move in later in the evening or later in the afternoon if you're in north america into selling your players back to those greedy team of the year pack hunters i feel like people who saved packs they're gonna have a really hard time going through all of these packs and doing upgrades as efficient as they should be right mm-hmm. there's just too much to do there's too many cards to to recycle through especially if you're doing a specific league you know there's going to be a certain point when you're going to have almost every premier league card if you're doing that one you know you're just basically gonna have to discard at some point Unless you want to try doing other ones, then you're talking about more time, more effort. You know, have to write write it down or take a picture, go back and see what you have. It, it's going to be a grind if you have a lot of packs saved, and I do not envy you. And this is partially why I didn't save packs because I didn't want to be pulled into that, that that grind like I did last year. Yeah, no, there's for some individuals like we've talked about that makes the game enjoyable. They love doing it. I'd say I'd venture to say that that's a, a minority of individuals that do that. But I, it is, it, it does get overwhelming. It's like okay. Got my duplicate 88s, my, my duplicate 86. Like, let's go do this. Hurry up. Let's go do the first squad in the Pogba SBC. And it's just like, oh, I don't know. That doesn't sound as appetizing to me. Yeah. I'm definitely going to do Pogba, though. We got to get him in. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, another card that people will be kicking themselves around team of the season when they're like, oh, man, what would really upscale my French squad? What would really upscale my Serie A squad? And it's, it's, it's him. Yeah. Well, that was a good pod wise. I'm glad you got to join us. And there's a little something different just to give people some perspective going forward on how they can continue to grind the game and not just load up FIFA points and try to dig your way out of a hole if you put yourself in one, because I know quite a few people are probably going to find themselves in the trenches here. Yeah, absolutely. Now they talk about this anytime you run, you know, what is foot a marathon? It's a sprint. When you do some big goal achievement, they talk about, okay, after it's done, 
you know, you experience a little bout of depression, if you will. It's like, okay, well, how do you get through that? It's about being disciplined, but also at the same time, finding something else that you like to do. And it's okay to run into a couple things that you're like, oh man, tried that five, two, one, two in draft and I hated it. It's like, okay, well, at least you have that knowledge now. Let's move through to the next thing. Exactly. Wise, you want to tell anybody about your uh, your YouTube channel and your new content you've been pushing? Yeah, no. So my, you can follow me on all the main social medias, YouTube, Instagram, and even TikTok nowadays, Twitter as well. It's Wise FIFA with a Y. And we've been uh, running through just some new, I talked about a little earlier in the pod, exotic nations, finding ways for me to stay engaged. Got a couple other series ideas coming through that are a unique spin on foot squad building and gameplay. So really looking forward to sharing that because at the same time, it's just making me enjoy the game more. That's what it's all about. That's what we try to do every week. Try to enjoy the game, not be a slave to it. Good chat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you want to get in touch with us, join the Discord. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on social media. All the links are in the show notes. Appreciate you listening to us, and we'll be back in a few days with other content from Paul and Mets. Catch you then. Podcast Network.